podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the Earth's number one podcast for Star Trek The Next Conversation. Andy, still? What's the matter, bud? You're too loud in my ears. Uh, Just turn the monitor down or whatever the overall thing is. Again, stuff that doesn't affect the listener at home. Well, one of us could cut it out. Cut what out? This? Yes. This is the gold they come for. <laughs> it's what makes us number one. You can open with a shot about how I'm slowing it down when you don't cut it out. We're both responsible for this podcast being terrible. I'm Andy. <laughs> the end. See you next week. Uh, all right. We're back in, guys. We're back in with the TNGs. Uh, we're going to hit up some Masterpiece Society this week. But uh, before that, it's time for Andy to apologize. Matt, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you know what you're apologizing for? <laughs> no. I'm for not liking Picard one. as much as everybody but me. People. Yeah, I know. If, if you listen to the Picard episodes, you know that Matt has been raving about how he loves every piece of it. Uh, look, I guess we're all just waiting. Waiting. Matt. That was it's episode four, by the way. Checking in with our YouTubers. I just found out it's only it's a it's ten it's a ten episode season. Oh really? What? Now it's even crazier. It better happen. Jesus, a lot of people were like, not. I mean, this really should be for Thursday's episode, but I'm gonna throw it in because I know what our numbers are. We have the same listeners on both. Um, Well, that's disappointing. (laughs) uh, It uh, it feels to me like. a lot of people, you know, watch a lot of YouTube reviews after we posted our episodes to see, like, how crazy am I? How yeah. crazy is Andy? Right. Turns out, according to everyone who loves Star Trek and has Star Trek channels, we're very crazy. Right. And a lot of people are not on board with the uh, Soji and what's-his-face, Narek oh, situation, the saying they, they don't like it. that character development. And I'm like, that's the only character development! <laughs> what is happening? Soji would do that. <laughs> anyway, okay. Back in on TNG, everybody. Uh, good to be here. Hope you're all excited, because Andy is more excited than all of us. Did that make any sense? Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Oh, Andy, I would, and I'm going to have to adjust the volume. That's so bad. Is that gotta, me? What did I do? Turn that down. You're peaking. What do I turn it down on the uh, iTunes or on the? Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, and then uh, try it again. Let's see how that sounds. And then I'll answer the question. Okay. Yeah, it's like... Matt, mm. so you have them watch this quiet. episode. Yeah. Because you hate yourself. You have to do it every time. Uh, so why is it so quiet then? I, I, look, I'll bring this up again. <laughs> I'll bring this up again. I mean, it's like you, we have our monitors down. Welcome, new listeners, and goodbye. <laughs> this is a new checking in on Masterpiece no, Society. I'm really disappointed. I mean, who's going to check in on this episode, Stardate 45470.1? Why'd you tell them to watch it then? Uh, I said if they hate themselves. If they hate themselves. Yeah. I see. You reverse yourself. Um, You want to step into the Admirals Club? Do I ever? I have a lot of admiraling to do by 
walking a few more steps. I don't know why we started down, so far down the know, hall. It's a corridor. We're doing right. a walk and talk Just down like, the corridor. Ugh, this guy's here. Excuse me. You know where I'm going, everybody. Excuse me. Yes, yes. Hi, hi, hi. Ah, here we go. You heard it. Just go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and you could be welcome into the Admirals Club. Our first Admiral. Uh, it's, is it an Admiral? You uh, go back and first forth. First member of the Admirals Club. Okay. First member of the Admirals Club is Ensign Doodunk. Is that... Doodunk. I like it. He doodunk. Is that wordplay? Sure. I don't know. Maybe he doodunk all over everybody. Hmm. I don't get it still. Um, a pod for lonely nerds like me. Uh, this falls into the joyful mess category. Podcast boys, that true today, Ensign Doodunk. Uh, if you are someone looking for raw information, you may find yourself frustrated for a time. But if you're anything like me, you'll come to uh, love the repartee of these self-deprecating co-hosts as much as, or even more than, the play-by-plays. It's a great pod for people who want their friends to be into Star Trek with them, but find their real-life company to be wanting. Uh, I blasted through these in like three weeks. Jesus Christ. Oh my God, there's a lot of us to absorb. Wow, that's, absorb. that probably broke your brain. And now I want to be an admiral, or at least <laughs> tangentially near admirals in their club. Yes, you're exactly right. You get it, dude. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, the rules are always changing. Buckle up and disengage. <laughs> yes. There you go. Great review. That was a great review. It was a great review. It was by a listener. It was well uh, thought of. He's absorbed the show. He has his references. He understands us and what we're all about. He complimented us uh, to the to the utmost degree that he could have based on what the podcast is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, welcome to the Admirals Club. I hope you enjoy yourself. If you want to. Oh, no one else. No one entry this week, and we head on into the president circle. Um, Matt, how do they... Well, Andy, you just join the uh, Patreon. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. There you'll get access to even more episodes that are just as messy as this. Lots of nerdy conversation. Things like Marvel movies. Things like Star Trek Discovery. Andy trying to absorb as much of Picard as he could before Picard started. Oh, it's just a, it's a wealth of uh, audio there for you. I think this month is going to be Black Panther on the MCU side. There you go. And uh, I was just dipping into just the next Discovery episode, and i got to say, it's looking more promising already. All right. He dipped his toe. Um, our uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee, uh, which you get by, uh, by uh, posting a question or comment in our subspace messages in the uh, President Circle, uh, Lieutenant Commander Paul Briss, good friend of the show. Uh, I feel like he's a double awardee at some point, maybe even a triples. Could be. Do you do you keep elevating? Uh, you just have a bunch of medals. On I think his it's chest? just like you know he's one of these ridiculous looking generals, right? He's just been through it all. There has been an article floating around about how Riker was offered command of the USS Voyager, but turned it down, and how he would have handled the situations that Voyager hmm. found itself in. Interesting. How do you think he would have handled it, and how would other Trek captains deal with it? It's a very big question. It is Paul a big Chris. question. I feel like you can narrow it down to whatever you want to answer. But first of all, is he mean? Does he mean Frakes or does he mean 
actually Riker was the offered. A means actually Riker. Huh. I think. I assume. Interesting. That's what he said, right? He said Riker. Yeah. Uh, so look, I think uh, I think if he were to do that, if he were to take that role, uh, be that captain, uh, <laughs> let me tell you, these Maquis, they wouldn't be serving aboard the ship. Oh, you think he wouldn't have let them on? No, I think he'd. I think he would have. I think he would have made do. I think he would have probably uh, just uh, probably gotten Q to get them. Like when Q first showed up at Voyager, I think uh, he would have gotten Q to send them home. <laughs> pretty quickly and the show would be over in two years that is true although he never had a good relationship with q he was i always mean he was offered q's powers i know but that was just a mess with him uh, i think it was a genuine hope and dream that he, q, but, q would have a but friend then what with q would have done is he would have said well Riker, do you want the powers back and then Riker would have you know he couldn't have taken the powers back mm. in order to see it's the same problem all i'll over tell you again. what though he would have probably ended up with uh kess uh-huh. and then seven of nine uh-huh. And then Bolana Torres. Uh-huh. He would have worked his way through that crew. So it would have. He just gets lonely out there. You would know, have wreaked havoc on all the all, would the, have, all the love he triangles would have made that existed. The ship his own personal riser. That is not uh, very seemly for a captain. Well, look, it's uh, desperate times. I'll tell you one thing. What I happens, think what happens in the Delta Quadrant stays in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> well, that's got to be true. <laughs> um, I will say, I think uh, Janeway. Solved stuff with a more scientific mind. Oh, my Postmates is here. Thanks, honey. Five guys. That's your choice? That was my choice for the quickest food I could possibly have. I what is know. that? If I would have gone with that. No, I personally. I did not. I would go in and out or fat burger over five guys. That's for sure. Not. Andy, do you want a milkshake? It's uh, been delivered. I think you know the answer to that question, Matt. <laughs> I just you, got a cheeseburger and fries. Did you get a, a milkshake that you didn't order? Is there a second hamburger oh. that I can have also? <laughs> Uber is the worst. Nothing personal, oh. Uber. Unless you want to sponsor us, I'll stop saying I don't Uber. even know what to do Uber with this eats situation. every or thing I've ever ordered has either gone wrong or someone something's been is stolen. There, are there or... french fries in there? That's really all I cared about. Oh, dear. Should I contact her? Those are Cajun. I don't want Cajun. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, machi. Machai. This may be the least Star Trekky episode of this podcast ever. I don't know how to deal with this. How do you deal with this? If you're really going to stop to deal with this. No, I'm asking my wife to how, to how to deal with that. No, I heard that. But then let me know. Meantime, we're back with Paul Brist. You'd have no answer for how Riker would have dealt with it. I started to, and then all this ridiculousness happened. This is the Delta Quadrant of Podcast Recording <laughs> Studios. Unfortunately, neither of us can escape. Dory's a Kazon. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, I think the distinction would have been that uh, Janeway would have answered it with a lot of uh, uh, science. That's what she did. And um, and I think Riker would have had a more warlike, combat-driven... Warlike, warlike is, is maybe too strong, but a combat-driven and no, tactically-driven more orderly solution. But very, that's part of it. Very starship-oriented. That's part of I being military. I accepted the Maquis as easily. I'll that's say that. part of being military also. And I think the EMH would have been promoted to ship's counselor. And then he would have gotten it out with the EMH. I feel like he wouldn't have respected the... He would have respected the EMH even less. I guess he with his data, data. Yeah, with his data. Well, that was on. only because he was assigned he was like, to it. No, he was assigned to prosecute data. And he was like, I can't do it because oh, I yeah. don't believe it. Oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, he has feelings, you know? <laughs> he sure does. That's what makes him Commander William T. Riker. 
What's also going to happen is I have to go to sleep immediately after this podcast. That's okay. I think you'll manage. Don't uh, worry. I'm just saying if I drink that shake, which is being offered to me, which of course well, I will if it continues <laughs> I mean, to be offered I don't to understand me. what's happening here with this other Matt's Uber Eats. If other Matt is a listener out there, this, guess this, what happened? Look, I want to apologize for this for my part of it. I have no control over turning things off or I editing or anything I thought Andy was else. coming over at 8.30. Uh, he has an early call. So I wanted to come over a little earlier. I tried to get this yeah, food done six, and eaten before that. I have to be at set at 6.30 a.m. It's okay. I leave at 6 every day anyway. You're going to be fine. Yeah, you leave at 6. And you get there at 6.15. It's you don't 6 in the morning. 6.15. That's From your house? Dude, six, it's not 15 minutes. At 6 o'clock in the morning, Andy? you got to walk across the lot. Oh, no, no, no. Park in the motor garage. It's so much closer. <laughs> this is the worst episode ever. You don't know what to do. Well, there's no way to actually contact Postmates in real time. You have to so stop I, it. I can just report an issue. I'm so sorry. You might as well report it. Then then I feel like we're menches, you know? I'm sorry to everyone. I don't know. I'm hungry. What do I do with this? I care about you guys, even if he doesn't. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't then serve it to somebody else. Oh, boy. Andy, I guess you got yourself a milkshake. That's not good news, really, for my stomach. What's next? I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, oh, let's not rush into this now, Dory. Uh, well, you know, we can... Well, the good uh... news, Andy, is there's two milkshakes. <laughs> Are there really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Are they both vanilla? I don't know. Who is ordering these things? Someone even crazier than you or I fucking was. Anyway, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. We're done with the. Uh, <laughs> we're done with the uh, the uh, president circle. So uh, let's head out. All right. That's what we should have done a long time ago. This was stupid. Um, all right, I'm opening the house. What was that? We went through the animals. Oh. And that was the Admiral's Club. That's why that sound just played. I didn't. I didn't. Often you don't go through the Admiral's Club. You go right into the corridor. Captain, we are being hailed. Our first hail is from. Dory's trying the milkshake. Good friend of the podcast. Oh, is that chocolate? Is the chocolate one good? Is it not chocolate? Oh, I wouldn't mind strawberry either. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to have a good night's sleep. But you know what? If something, if food is presented to me, I eat it. That's what happens. Uh, That's the Andy promise. <laughs> it's, it's not really a promise so much as a, a horrible, desperate need. Um, Tish Wheeler, our good friend, says, Help! Uh, help. Okay, I'll help. What? What's? What do you need help with? She says, "Hey, Andy, in this last episode, violations. You referenced your Picard pod. Yes. Um, uh, when talking about Facebook, are you referring to the one where you guys watched the trailer, or have you put out a pod after the first episode of Picard came out last week? So, if anybody else, I think this may have been a, a unique thing, but if anybody else missed it, we've done an episode for every episode of Picard. We're up to four. We also have." Uh, pre-card, um, which is we go through all the episodes that uh, theoretically are, are, are refer to it or tie into it. Um, although I'm sure we'll discover that that's not all correct uh, on our Patreon. 
Um, BTW, you and Matt also argued about, talked about arguing a shared opinion. My husband and I call that an argument. <laughs> which I thought that was amazing. Be what our podcast is called? He said emphatic, emphatic, loud agreeing. <laughs> it sounds like arguing. <laughs> Have a great day, Tish Wheeler. Argument Tish, is amazing exactly and should be part here. of the part of the lexicon. Um, our next one is from Hobie Barnes. Um, and this is a little sad uh, if it'll trigger you, but uh, we wanted to throw a shout out. Hi, Andy and Matt. I'm writing to both of you as the hosts of Star Trek The Next Conversation to pass along some info about one of your devoted listeners. My husband, Larry Levine, died from his cancer on January 7th after fighting for 18 months. One of the things that brought him comfort and joy during chemotherapy treatments or while resting at home was to listen to your podcast. He actually lost his mind when you both featured him and his comments, especially early on when he uh, brought up that the two kids seen uh, in... One of the first episodes of TNG had won a contest, I remember, which was amazing. <laughs> and we were both like, what are those kids doing there? And he that wrote is... in, and he had the answer, and then we played the, the commercial. That is so fucking true. It's oh really God, Larry. A, a true contribution to the podcast. Uh, Larry had also sent along a picture of him with a signed by Patrick Stewart copy of Star Trek TNG 360 in... Uh, 2018. Anyway, he loved listening to you uh, talk and talk about TNG, <laughs> and in his honor, I'll continue to listen, especially with Picard now Aww. coming out. Hobie, that is uh, that is above and beyond as far as I'm concerned. But uh, you, you have you have your own situation to work your out. Your husband's taste should not dictate your <laughs> now bond with this podcast, where you're forced to listen to the thing that he somehow tolerated as a as a good and kind man. I'm heartbroken you didn't get to watch Picard, as I think you would have enjoyed it, and listening to you guys talk about all the things most people would have missed. Well, he would have, he might have enjoyed us talking about it. If he enjoyed it, I don't know if he would have enjoyed us talking about it. One cool thing was that he did get to visit the Santa Clarita set for Picard last summer. Oh, how cool. Wow. And I've included one of the pics, and I've, tweet, I've tweeted that on our... Uh, Twitter feed, uh, which is at Star Trek TNC. I miss him and his infectious Star Trek enthusiasm terribly. Um, thank you for writing in, Hobie. Uh, to Larry, uh, Godspeed. Um, and uh, we shall remember you always. Larry, let us know. Hobie. Is Q up there? Yeah, good point. No, Larry's up with Q. Right, yeah. Larry's in the continuum. Yeah. And is Q all powerful truly? Or is he just a mischievous alien? Yeah. Which Andy thinks. Who knows? <laughs> Andy hates Q. I don't. I, I, I've tolerated him more as time has gone on. but uh, I think that's like everyone in Star Trek. Oh, is know? that true? You sort of just tolerate them more I as still, time goes on. I still feel like he's a represent representation of a lot of the complaints people have about fantasy and other things, <laughs> which is no he's just can do anything. Just whatever he wants. Yeah. Uh... Hobie, thanks for still listening. Larry, you will be missed, and uh, I hope you enjoy uh, the great unknown. Yeah. Do you think the final frontier, as they were? He's exploring up there. I think he's doing whatever he wants, and I hope it's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> That'd be a waste of heaven. <laughs> well, Andy. All I can uh, say is whoever ordered this burger for some reason wanted jalapenos. Um, oh, wait. I forgot something that was perfect, but uh, there's a prime corrective. About this order? No, about the previous episode. Five guys! Five guys!
Time for retrospective, cause truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective, because Matt and Andy got it wrong. Frederick Rombouts, who I'm sure has told me how to pronounce his name many a time, uh, says, Hi, Matt and Andy. Nim- uh, sorry. Hi, Matt and Nimble Fingers Secunda. Uh, this email is about uniforms, so I hope it stirs Matt's enthusiasm or at least tepid approval. In, via- in the violations pod, Matt says that Picard should have been wearing the Rathacon uniform instead of the TNG Season 1 uniform during the Jack Crusher Morgue flashback scene. We know they did indeed wear Wrath of Khan, Khan uniforms on the Stargazer, at first, anyway. Uh, minor spoil, spoiler for Andy, we eventually see a hologram of the late Jack Crusher not long after Wesley was born, presumably from his Stargazer days, wearing a modified Wrath of Khan uniform with a low-collared undershirt, like we saw in yesterday's Enterprise, and a TNG with a TNG-era communicator. They stripped Andy's uniform bit by bit uh, over time... Every time we see, every time we see it, removing the undershirt, then the belt, etc., to suggest a gradual transition to the simplified spandex jumpsuits. I think I did see that episode where with the you hologram yeah, yeah, crusher. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> However, we also know that they shifted to the TNG era uniforms during Picard's command of the Stargazer, as evidenced by season one's The Battle, when Picard is hallucinating and he sees his storm, former Stargazer crew wearing season one uniforms. That's right. So Picard's uniform isn't necessarily wrong in the violations flashback. By the way, in the TNC episode for the battle, you guys hilariously pointed out that these hallucinations, uh, hallucination extras are heard speaking, but their mouths don't move and postulated it was cheaper to get voiceover actors and non-speaking extras rather than speaking extras. Inside baseball. <laughs> Plus uniform shifts seem, uh, seem to happen gradually across Starfleet. Uh, on many occasions across multiple series, we see overlapping wear of uh, old and new styles. So maybe both the Wrath of Khan and the TNG Season 1 uniforms were in simultaneous use above board the Stargazer. Live long and prosper, Frederick. Thank you, Frederick. And that is it for the... What? That portion. Already? I'm not going to close. Hails it. are over. It's already been closed. Hailing frequencies closed, sir. If you'd like to send a hail, it's uh, Star Trek TNC at... Hailpod.net. Gmail.com. Uh, the gentleman across from me is at Matt Meyer on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Andrew Secunda uh, on Instagram and at Secunda on Twitter. Follow him. Follow him. It's a hoot. Oh, no. Dory has information. You'll see me eating things like I'm about to eat. Dory says, I'm pretty sure there was bacon in that shake. (laughs) Then Andy should have had it. The one... Aw, man! I didn't get a bacon shake? Maybe you did. Maybe you did. Are there chunks in there? Dory the vegetarian enjoyed bacon with that shake. Way to go. Other Matt? Pretty sure they're strawberry shakes. Strawberry chunks. Well, tell Dory. All right, everybody. This is Masterpiece Society... FYI, I've already eaten four tacos before I came here. And I'm, I'm going to, eat a burger to read shake. from Larry Nemechek. Oh, Andy just goes for that burger like it was his. Unbelievable. I offered him only a shake. He goes for the burger. You put food in front of Andy, it will get eaten. Uh, there's no way I could have eaten it anyway. Uh, aired the week of February 10th, 1992. This was directed by Weinrich Colby. Teleplay by Adam Belanoff and Michael Piller. Story by James Kahn and Adam Belanoff. Not... C-A-H-M. That's unfortunate. <laughs> hey, uh, I got an idea for one of your uh, space shows. Yeah, Jimmy, what is it? Uh, 
why don't you why don't you go one of these uh what do you call them planets yes we do that every episode but like uh, everybody on this planet it's like they're like they're like pretty good at what they do yeah, okay because they're only they 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 do one thing they do, what, do, what do you mean they do one they thing? just do you know they're born they if the guy's a plumber he's a plumber Oh, well, that's kind of the, uh, the generally the pattern we have. Uh, yeah, yeah, so this guy's going to be a plumber, right? Okay. And then... Uh, it's a planet full of plumbers. Have one of, your, have one of your space guys get down there. Yeah. And he wants to, he wants to fuck the plumber. <laughs> he wants to fuck the plumber, you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is yeah, that right, Jimmy? Like, you know, you're on a spaceship, there's no plumbers, right? Yeah, he no. Goes, he goes down there and sees someone good at his craft as a plumber. <laughs> and he wants to fuck him. Said he wants to have sex with the plumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the gist of it. Maybe like, uh, maybe like uh, one of the other plumbers wants to leave. May I ask, uh, Jimmy? Are you just on the Paramount lot, just visiting yeah, old yeah, Godfather yeah, yeah. sets? And... Yeah, I got a, I got, I got a meeting with Frank. <laughs> Frank? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, I call him Frank. Yeah. Anyway, you take care. Thank you, Jimmy. But for if your you do this, I get story no, credit. I get, I get it. I get All right. It. Do you want me to spell your name right? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Give it a K. Oh, weird. All right. <laughs> and that was James Kahn <laughs> walking, was... wandering into the story room <laughs> at Star Trek. Jimmy Kahn, Masterpiece Theater, <laughs> before the Masterpiece Society. <laughs> Oh, conceptually, I enjoy everything about him wandering a lot, finding his way into a story room, <laughs> not knowing a ton, but knowing enough to pitch yeah, a I know. story. I've seen one of them. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Andy, what is happening February 10th, 1992? I'll tell you, Matt, in that special week of February, people in the U.S. were listening to I'm Too Sexy by Rights Red Fred again. <laughs> Still? Yeah. Well, good for you, everyone. Unless I have it wrong. Um, our good friend Matt Kirk uh, may have uh, said to all of this <laughs> who created this week in Trek. Um, I am too sexy for so, uh, my love. I, I didn't get one. I had to put it together myself. Um, to and you are not obligated to Matt Kirk. You've done your duty. Um, Stay by Shakespeare's sister was also in the top five hit in the UK. Howard's End, directed by James Ivory, was one of the most viewed movies in 1992. While Fugitive Nights by Joseph Wamba was one of the best-selling books on TV, people were watching Barry more. Alex Haley, American writer, autobiography of Malcolm X and Roots, dies at 70. Bonnie Blair wins the 1992 Olympics, first gold medal for the USA. Time Magazine featured a cover that matched the American flag with the Japanese flag with the title America in the mind of Japan in the mind of America. Too sexy for your party. No way I'm disco dancing. I'm a mo- what do you mean, no way you're disco dancing? Is he my disco dancing? I wasn't watching because I was reading. I mean, it just seems like a weird lyric. No way I'm disco dancing. For your party. No way I'm disco dancing. Oh, I see. He's too sexy to go to the party. I'm too sexy for your party. No way I'm disco dancing. Oh, I see. So he's like. I can't even go to your party, let alone disco dance. That's how sexy I am. Seems like sexy in this song is kind of a debilitating disease of some kind. Well, I think when all your friends are not as sexy, uh-huh. you have to sort of pick and choose 
what it is you 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 would attend and don't attend. I feel like you could swap out the word "sexy" in that song for "paralyzed," and it would <laughs> be a pretty neat switch. I'm too nervous to leave my house. It should that was the original title of the song? Hmm. Now, no, Andy, sexy. here we go. Larry Nemechek, Wait, what do whoa, you got whoa, for whoa, us, Doctor Trek? Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, by what do you got for us, Doctor Trek? I meant, <laughs> what do you got for us, Frank? Frank Sinatra, <laughs> come on! Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on! <laughs> what? Oh no, guys! What happened, man? It was gonna cue up the wrong Frank song, and we all know that this is what he sings. You know, Andy? Yeah, man. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Yeah. What was Frank Sinatra up to then? I'll tell you what. 1992. I mean, 19. Frank would open a five night run at the Desert Inn in Las Vegas. Whoa! That's right. Can you imagine seeing fucking Frank at the Desert Inn in Las Vegas? I saw Rickles at the Desert Inn. Oh, we are so. Before they destroyed it. Uh, when was that? It must have been a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it could have been. I'm guessing around 2000. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, how was he? He was Rickles. He was great. He did a you weird... Did he go to the audience and say anything about a Chinese guy? <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> um, he also did a weird thing at the end where he brought his... Ballet or something? Uh, an African-American gentleman on yeah, stage? Yeah, just so we could then do a bunch of racist In jokes. Words, he did some racist jokes, and a lot of it was basically, it seemed you. to be showing that they were friends, and he told them how much he loved him. And uh, I thought it undercut the <laughs> undercut the Rickles character, frankly. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I felt like he was justifying himself. I'm like, dude, you're hurting it. It makes you seem more racist to justify it. Oh, I <laughs> Anyway, Five he was still great. Nights. And then I got to go backstage and meet him. And how'd that go? It was great. Who were you with? Which comedy person were you with that actually made that happen? Or was uh, it Rob Cohen, who directed last week, there I believe. There you go. Yeah, he was the one who got us in. Um, and he made fun of all of us, and then he kicked us out, and that was it. It was wonderful. Um, but let's get back to say, the chairman of the board. What do I got here? A couple of tall Jews? <laughs> probably. <laughs> it was probably he was running on FC. How many writers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Desert Inn. The hotel was trying a major new entertainment gambit that year. They changed the name of the resort to The Stars Desert Inn with an announcement that Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Liza Minnelli, Shirley MacLaine, Paul Anka, and Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet would be on a continuous rotating basis throughout the year. So guests could be assured of always having a big name star to see. The resort opened the Starlight Theater as lounge performance as a lounge performance area off the casino for less formal entertainment than the main showroom. And they put up a Star Wars wall of fame with signatures and mementos donated by the entertainment. You just said Star Wars? I did say Star Wars. Stars wall of fame. <laughs> with signatures and mementos donated. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'll sign this down. Obi-Wan mask, But I don't know. <laughs> Does this tie into me? Hey, Dino, you signed that lightsaber. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I think I, I think I got caught between Dino the Dinosaur and Dean Martin there. You just, you, that was. Definitely a flint. He's <laughs> doing more of a Barney there. I did, Fred. This fucking this episode is bad shit. 
Hey, just throw this one in the trash. This is the worst episode. Fill my heart with song. All right, everybody. Sing forever. Just wait for the next Picard, guys. There's no, there's no Frank outro. There should be. Anyway. Okay, everyone, let's now read from Larry Nemechek's book. Here's the problem. All I felt, Andy, while we were eating that food is guilt. Guilt that the other Matt is only going to get one cheeseburger and a small fry. Oh, I didn't even think about the other Matt. I didn't know it was even a Matt. <laughs> Uber Eats was even that It said effective. Uber Eats. It said Matt on it, on the, on the receipt that Dory had found. Well, that is kind of just bad, bad, bad luck for the uh, it's real bad luck. Guy. I hope other Matt is okay, and I'm gonna tip that Uber Eats driver a lot. Well, here's a question: Is the other I mean, Matt uh, postmates? Was the other Matt eating two burgers, two shakes himself, or was the other? Does the other Matt have a significant other? Because if it's the latter, I don't feel bad for this guy. Well, let's. So, could I mean, going home alone? I don't tonight. know. Two shakes, two. Burgers, one Cajun fry. Bad order all around. Mm-hmm. I didn't agree with any of this order. Right. I mean, first of all, I, what I wanted the most was Five Guys or fries. I think they are the best fries of all the joints. What? Really? Yeah. Uh, I know they don't travel well, and I, I sort of anticipated that. You think better than thick fat fries? Fat burger fries? Yes. I do think that. I do not agree. What? Oh, my God. We gotta go. Fry taste test. We'll be back in one hour. We're gonna leave it running. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> here we go. The story began as oh no, wait, that's not how to write that. Read words. Here we go. While monitoring the progress of a neutron star's core fragment, the Enterprise crew was shocked to learn of an unknown human colony on Moab Four, now threatened by the fragment, and even more surprised when the residents refused to relocate. He also put mushrooms on the burger. Don't agree with that either. Their leader, Aaron Connor, explains that the colony has been genetically planned and engineered to be the perfect society. Any contact with outsiders is bound to be corrupting. Connor reluctantly agrees to let the Enterprise officers beam down and discuss the danger posed by the fragment. Colony's chief scientist, Hannah Bates... Uh, because working with LaForge to develop a tractor beam that will be powerful enough to move the fl- fragment. Uh, when Bates beams board the Enterprise with Jordy to continue the research, Troy stays behind, fascinated by the soft-spoken Connor. After spending the night with him, she berates herself for allowing the brief affair, knowing her beta Z, her beta DNA would not be welcome in a genetically closed colony. Ironically, it's the visor of an imperfect blind man that inspires the needed tractor beam enhancement. But to install the equipment necessary to deflect the cabinet, sorry, the fragment, 50 more people from the Enterprise let it beam down. Connor reluctantly agrees to their presence. The engineer's plan works. The fragment's deflected. But the colony's problems are far from over. Hannah got a taste of the outside world. She wants to leave. She fakes an alarm for forced evacuation. But Jordy sees through her ruse. Despite the pleas from Connor and other colonists, Bates and 23 others decide to leave. Connor decides he can't stop them despite the irreparable damage their departure will cause. Boy, oh boy. 45470.1. The Enterprise has been diverted to the Moab sector to track a stellar core fragment of a disintegrated neutron star. Our science teams have been asked to monitor the planetary disruptions it may cause. We've got a problem. Our core fragment is going to pass by Moab 4 in six days. 
It's not exactly what we anticipated? We didn't anticipate there would be someone living there. An artificial environment has been constructed on the southern continent, sir. You've definitely established that there's someone inside it. Yes, Captain. Sensors are reading human life forms. Human? Are they responding to our hails, Mr. Worf? Negative, sir. Any starships reported missing in this sector, Mr. Data? No, sir. How the hell did they find themselves on a deserted planet? I'm pretty sure they know we're here. Miss LaForge? Our sensors are picking up deep EM readings. It looks like wave patterns from an obsolete subspace relay. Which would suggest they also have the ability to communicate with us. Mr. Wolf, open the lower band frequencies most commonly used in the last century. I mean, look, there's already so much plot happening when compared with Picard. Really true. <laughs> we know what they're doing. We've already been presented with a problem in, mm-hmm. if, in what they're doing uh, and how that may not go as planned. And uh, we've introduced a mystery box. And here's the thing. (laughs) The problem, generally speaking, with serialized television, that does not have to be the problem in serialized television, and I will say further, I think I might prefer serialized television. I know a lot of people are saying the thing that they want. Everyone should, by the way. Serialized television is better storytelling. But the thing is... You shouldn't look at an episode of serialized television compared to an episode that's a that's a one-off and go. There's more story in that one-off than there is in the episode the serialized the episode of serialized television. It's like you shouldn't be waiting for the story. We've Every episode should have the same amount of story. We've seen four episodes, yeah, of that of Picard, and I would say more story has happened in this uh, one minute and five seconds. It is angry. <laughs> one minute and five seconds. Urgent that you respond. Sir, the defensive shield around the structure is increasing strength. Not exactly a welcome, Matt. We mean you no harm. We must warn you that your planet is about to experience massive seismic disruptions due to an approaching stellar core fragment. No structure will be able to withstand them. They are responding. On screen. Enterprise. I am Aaron Connor. Mr. Connor, we were unaware that there It's John Connor's father. It's like he's just waiting. He's been sitting at that monitor yeah. his entire life, waiting for someone to contact them. Yeah, for a perfect society, they pick their cameras to communicate with other people. What if we put this in the courtyard? <laughs> what? Well, well, should what? we just go in our office? No, no, no. If we went in the courtyard, everyone could see what we're doing. I'm going to put it call- real low by the garden. <laughs> I'm going to sit on an apple box. <laughs> That's very strange. The fragment will have serious effects on your planet within six days. Yes, I know. We have been tracking it. But our biosphere is constructed to withstand quakes of 8.7 on the Richter scale. Mr. Data. These, these freaking people in the background wandering around in the courtyard don't seem to care very much that they're communicating with another, you know... Yeah, I mean, but... Uh, an outside group of people. It's not like people. they kept it a secret, like, that... That there is an outside, but the but the but the Federation doesn't know about them. Yeah, so I assume they don't talk to people very often. Right, but yeah, I suppose it would be a big deal to get into that garden right now. Yeah. It has a density of one hundred billion kilograms per cubic centimeter. As a result, when it passes Moab four, it will cause tectonic shifts well beyond eight point seven on the Richter scale. I'm afraid we're going to have to evacuate your people. Evacuate? That is not possible. There must be an alternative. 
Well, we will gladly explore the possibility of it with you, Mr. Connor. Would you like to come aboard to discuss it? Our environment is sealed. No one can get in or out. We are capable of matter-energy transport. Matter-energy? We can take you directly through the structure. Really? That's quite remarkable. Can I ask? May we arrange for your yes. trip? I'm sure this is covered somewhere. The, the, when did they determine that they were a post-war culture? When did they determine that? Like, Didn't they like scan and figure out they were human? Wasn't yeah. that in the dialogue? And therefore, they assume they came from Earth and therefore, therefore were like, post-warp. Yeah, they're just a colony out here and okay. we just didn't have a record of it. All right, fair. We figured we'd talk to them. And now, it's like, whoa, where you guys been? We can uh, transport through things. So they had warp for a long time without having transport. Transporters. Well, they had warp one, you know. Uh-huh. They still had to, like, cryogenically put people to sleep, etc. Okay. Because warp one's not that quick. Right. It's really what Enterprise is about, that first warp five capable ship. Huh. No, I must remain That actually here. sounds like a cool setup for a show. <laughs> Under the circumstances, I... Yeah, it's a shame. We'll permit a small delegation from your ship inside the biosphere. If only to see this matter-energy transportation you speak of. Very good. I wish I could say something right now, but I put this in the courtyard, so I can't. <laughs> anyway, they go beam down, and, uh... I'll just say, there's an immediate spark. It's lovely. I can understand why you're reluctant to leave, Mr. Connor. Not just reluctant, Miss Troy. It is imperative that we remain. It would be suicide to evacuate. It would destroy everything we have worked for two centuries to accomplish. You see, this is an engineered society. Engineered? Genetically engineered. Our ancestors came from Earth to create a perfect society. They believed that through controlled procreation, they could create people without flaws. And those people would build a paradise. All of you have been selectively bred. Your DNA patterns chosen. Is that why you're so handsome? Whoops. We have immeasurably extended the potential of humanity. Physically, psychologically. We have evolved beyond... Beyond... Beyond us. Frankly, yes. No one in this society would be blind, for example. How, no how do they know that he's blind? What if that's just the style now? They haven't seen humans in that's a really good point. Eight hundred years or whatever. That's a really good point. It's like wouldn't he be like, oh, we're wearing hair banana thing clips on our ha- our faces now? That's interesting. No one would have your lack of sense of style, for example. Uh, by the way, the uh, security guy had a uh, had a hilarious classic scowl. Accompanied by an ominous music sting as the as the end of the uh, the cold open. You know, if they didn't have ominous music stings in TNG, um, they'd, they'd have no act. They'd never go. They'd never go to commercial. <laughs> he is the interpreter of our founders' intentions for this society. A judge, yes, more or less. Obviously, he has no diplomatic talents. And obviously, you do. Is it that obvious? <laughs> good Frank's acting right there. <laughs> Being weirded out. Did you see his eyes? Yeah. That's some good acting. I enjoyed that. What do you think he communicates? Bread, I think in that he communicates oh geez, here we go again. <laughs> Is he to judge? Pacific role. We grow up knowing exactly what our society needs from us. What we are expected to do. 
That must take some of the fun out of it. Not at all. My entire psychological makeup tells me that I was born to lead. I am exactly what I would choose to be. Think of it another way. Are there still people in your society who have not yet discovered who they really are or what they were meant to do with their lives? They may be in the wrong job. They may be writing bad poetry. Or worse yet, they may be great poets working as laborers, never to be discovered. That's how I feel. That does not happen here. It is for us an ideal existence. We will not give it up easily. We will do whatever we can. I just don't know what the problem is here. They feel like if they leave, then they're going to ruin this perfect balance. Yeah, but also, like, Picard could be like, here's what I'll do. I'll beam you all aboard. Keep you isolated. Keep you isolated. Incitation ops. Incitation ops. <laughs> Some of you can swim. Others can just <laughs> hang out. Uh, some of you could end up hang, you know, going to the Arboretum for a few days, whatever. Uh, One of our people has mated with a dolphin. Once the fragments... The genetics are ruined. Once the fragments passes, yeah. you go down to a damage assessment of the, uh, of the, of the, of the dome. Uh-huh. Then send a repair team down for another six weeks. And then uh, you, you just you, 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 you put them back. Yeah. It seems reasonable. Although, to me isn't too. it like how many thousand people? Eight, 50, I don't know. Maybe. I suppose people. the Enterprise can only really evacuate 10,000 in an emergency. Well, he's evacuating all of them anyway, so. Yeah. Well, hang on. What's this episode about then? <laughs> Help you preserve it. Side note. Yes. That's it, a Riker. I think Troy has terrible taste in men. All uh, of them are a bunch of dweebs. Oh, all of them are really also only around for one week, unless you count Riker and, uh, and uh, Worf. Guests. Oh, yes, of course, from the starship. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. Hannah Bates is one of... Wait a second. Scientists. The- uh, character error. As the landing party... Enters the lab to meet Dr. Hannah Bates the first time. Will Riker, not watching where he's going, walks very fast with his head down and almost walks into the wall on the left of the doorway. He looks up at the last moment and avoids bumping into the wall, jumping through the doorway just in time. Although his character could be smiling at the occasion of meeting Dr. Bates, it sure looks like he's trying to suppress a laugh for his near miss sure the wall. It. Andy, let's see it. Let's look. Let's see it. Uh, I'd like you to meet our guests. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> That's a thousand percent. What oh, wait, I want to see the smile. Oh, play, play it out. thousand percent, he, that doorway was not the size he thought it was. Hannah, I'd like you to meet our guests. Oh, yes, of course, from the starship. <laughs> and then he smoothly goes in. <laughs> That's a good actor. Uh, I've been looking forward to speaking. <laughs> he does look like he's Hannah cracking Bates is one up. Of scientists. Does anyway? He's back in the scene. Way to go, Frexy. Frexy, you did it. Uh, all right, everyone should uh, should all watch that moment just to say, hey, why not? Deflector energy allocation. Jordy, Troy and I will return to the Enterprise. When you've reached a conclusion, you can contact us. Commander, if Mr. Connor doesn't mind, I'd like to stay and see more of his colony. No, no, that would be fine. I'd like you to see him. Break to Enterprise. One to beam up. I call my... Acknowledge, Commander. Penis, my call. Energize. As it energizes. Wait! <laughs> I like how we leaned on one to beam up. A 
Are you sure my slackers here is not going to be disruptive? Disruptive? You mean what Martin was saying? Well, I certainly wouldn't wish to throw off your entire balance. <laughs> Too late. Uh, so, I mean, she just finds it interesting. He's kind of handsome and a born leader and... Sure. I mean, I don't know. He's genetically bred to be appealing to a lot of people. Except for me. What kind of energy output is it capable of generating? We have a matter-antimatter warp reaction system. The most powerful in Starfleet. Normally kicks plasma up in the Terrawall range. Why? Well, either we're going to have to move. Or that fragment is. <laughs> We can move a small moon or an asteroid, but a stellar core fragment, that's much too massive for our tractor beam. I don't know this lady from anything big. <laughs> you don't know uh, Dina, Dina Young? Dina Young? What's that? A oh, wild idea, purely theoretical. A multi phase tractor beam. So, when we first spotted the fragment approaching, I... The, how long ago do they... So they've just been developing technology on their own for hundreds of years. Is that the idea? Yeah, with... You know, with everyone, the original... Everyone who's designed to be a technology group. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Up with the idea. But we can't generate the kind of energy we would need. We'd need Hannah on the ship. No. With my theories and their equipment, we might be able to alter the fragment's path. It's her only chance to avoid evacuation. No one had ever come here, and no one had ever left until today. This is a date to note in our history books. This is in direct violation of the intentions of our founders, Aaron. I don't think... So they, the founders really just wanted them to go up there, go down there, and stay put. Right. To what end? I guess to prove that it could be done. It's really but weird. But let's say you do create the masterpiece society, quote unquote. Right. Like, is it not to help the rest of the universe? It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's it's weird. They're selfish. They are selfish. I think that's kind I'm of... I'm not sure we can. Does, is that part of Picard's point? It's not really. I don't know. This thing is it more about life experience and not being way satisfying. Of life. The perfect administrator. Oh, one thing. I'm sure. Yeah. Will he leave when he sees there's no other choice? I think there were a couple of things. That I don't know I where don't they know. happened. I hope so. Well, why don't you talk about it? We're on a Star Trek podcast. One thing. <laughs> <laughs> one thing. <laughs> he says, I am exactly what I meant to be. And I feel like this guy's a smarmy publicist. So I think that uh, he could have had a couple of jobs. That was earlier. Yes. <laughs> Love the... Uh, we already talked about that. Uh, Troy says, I'm a student of human nature. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect description of her powers. <laughs> yeah. I watch things, and then I say what I think they're thinking, <laughs> based on no internal you knowledge. See, I read yeah. expressions, and if they're smiling, I know that say, they're probably pleased. He seems very happy. <laughs> um... And uh, the other thing is, I wondered if this guy, because a lot of these guys, also the, the they all have, there was, I don't remember the episode. Did he turn out to be a bastard? This guy with these quaffed hair, but I just wondered, is this what, like, Rick Berman thinks a cool guy is? Like, well, 
what was the other if you think about the early 90s late 80s that's sort of like that's that's it right that's the style of hair yeah it's a lot of it and a hard part right are we in another act also because there's another scowl act ender where it's it's somebody scowl and then they oh I think we're gonna get it shortly okay Um, and the last thing I was gonna say is that they have uh, I like that the design of the iCars on the planet is like a kind of slightly more primitive version of it that was kind of a nice oh the L cars L cars sorry yes the library computer and reference system that might be correct or wrong I don't know It's it's very close to that Someone on some one of these fucking Star Trek videos I was watching, Andy. Yeah, the guy kept saying "lacars," and it seemed not like a bit, and it drove me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that iCars didn't. <laughs> yes. Then help him to see the reality what may happen to his colony if he makes the right decision if he's as good a leader as he's designed to be then perhaps the others will follow if we increase the war power did we already have the moment where she has to explain to Picard that she went to bed with him no that's later <laughs> transfer by 80% it's just gonna blow the emitters that is again. an awesome scene to just see Patrick Stewart have to and Patrick Stewart I think covers that so adeptly because a lot of it's not in the dialogue and it's just such a like it's so awkward for Picard but he still has to he knows that she's kind of fucked up but he's trying to be compassionate it's just like so many different levels they should give that guy his own show this is wrong someday terribly wrong that's how every kiss with a woman should go (laughs) she should say this is wrong you should say terribly wrong. In order to and move then the have to tell Captain to a safe trajectory, we needed our tractor beam to be able to handle high-powered pulses. And we needed a much more efficient emitter to do that. About four times more efficient. But we couldn't get anywhere near that without overloading the emitter arrays. So, we added a little visor technology to the process and were able to boost the effective force and, at the same time, lower the power conduit stress levels. So we'll be able to uh, send a red beam at this fragment, Mr. LaForte. <laughs> um, not exactly, Captain. <laughs> but uh, the beam wasn't red before. <laughs> now it's uh, just red. Seems to be a lot red movement. <laughs> Things happening. It's like, what is, what is this demonstration showing him? Just show him, tell him that it'll work if we do this. Don't show your tiny model like it's a fucking volcano you made out of paper mache. <laughs> Watch this. I'm going to add the baking soda. Up to almost 300%. That's not enough. That's true. We won't be able to move the fragment as far as we'd like to, but... But if we also fortify the biosphere's structural integrity at the same time... With some of the shield improvements that I've discovered here, it could work. Of course, we'll have to lend them some of our engineering support crews. Advise Mr. Connor. Number one, brief the appropriate officers. Prepare them for transport as soon as Mr. Connor approves. Yes, sir. I told you we should have had... We <laughs> told you the model was going to sell it. <laughs> I just think we spent a lot of time on it. <laughs> if we didn't have this, we'd all be dead. I feel about introducing half-betazoid DNA into the genetic balance. 
through us doing it. If we have to evacuate, anything's possible. <laughs> Listen to yourself. A few days ago, you wouldn't even talk to us. <sighs> this is my fault. I'm so sorry. I need you here. This doesn't have to happen again. I have to go. What was he saying? Doesn't have to happen again? Good news, Dad. Aaron. We should be... Uh, the bone zone? The bone zone? No, I don't know. She wants. He wants her to stay here on this thing forever, even though she knows that she's going to be hated by security guy. Right. He's going to scowl and send him to another actor. But we'll also need to fortify the structure. And we're going to need help to do it. We'll need to bring down engineering crews from the Enterprise to work with your people for the next 48 hours. I thought they did a pretty good job with their future clothes in this episode. Well, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's always the hardest thing to get right, you know? Right. You watch a show like... Slightly more primitive, but still future. You watch a show like um, Picard. Yeah. And all the future clothes look like clothes. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's because they don't want to look silly. Yeah, I guess. I mean... It's a lot easier to not look silly when you have them in silly uniforms. It's true. Then it's like, oh, everyone wears a silly uniform. Right. But then when you oh, have f- them in... Like, this culture is not pajama-y. This culture is wool business casual. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's this culture. The future is New business casual. And power supplies. 50 officers are waiting for your approval to transport down. We don't have much time, Aaron. Is there any other choice? None. Enterprise, you may begin transport when ready. Look at this. Just, I think they deliberately were like, we're going to fuck them up. We're going to make, we're going to put down the most multicultural crew (laughs) we can assemble. Well, they're already multicultural. Oh, no, I just, I just mean like. They're really going for it here. Right. That's 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 nearly one of one of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, don't fuck anyone. Whoops. <laughs> 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 Moping just like a great leader. I mean, all great leaders mope after Deanna Troy visits. Ranger, <laughs> the fragment dance. Aye, sir. You may proceed, Mr. LaForge. Yes, sir. Good luck. You too. I wish that they fell in love. I feel, I feel like that too. I feel like they were a much better couple than Troy and the other dude. Yeah. And she wouldn't have been a hologram. That's probably why nothing happened. You're not enough like a machine. Five seconds. 1.18. Now, Miss LaForge. Yes, sir. Shutting down all tractor emissions. Transferring power back to life Frankly, it would have been kind of a 
it would have been a good logical because all these episodes end with some fucking pull from duty or whatever and it's just like so we must even though we love each other we have to end it and in this one this this lady does a totally questionable thing at the end yes. and fucking lies in a totally weird way and that would have been enough for Georgie to be like nah you're not cool <laughs> And I, but like, if she did that too, I think he would have been like, "No one's ever loved me enough to fake a disaster." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been nice. Well, they would have been. Uh, they would still be together. Yeah. Jordy, why why weren't we sending out red beams? Uh, sir, th- that wasn't the problem, sir. That wasn't no, what we no, were doing. Jordy, this. when you showed me the tiny one in in your in your office, it had red beams. I think you took the wrong thing from my, that. Why tiny did you show one. it to me then? Right, I got to build another model to explain to you what we're actually Mr. doing. Mr. Forge, I want you to set in a course. We're going to warp around the sun, and All I'm right. going to go back in time to before. Okay. And we're going to do this again, All and right. it's going to have red beams. It's not. It's not necessary, you know, sir. What if you horribly abused time travel? <laughs> I feel like and people someone, did, didn't they? I feel if like someone they... didn't do it right, he would slingshot around the sun. Yeah. Whatever the hell they do in Star Trek Four, very unexplained. Uh, they travel in time. Doesn't somebody describe James T. Kirk, one of the time guys? Don't they describe James T. Kirk as a menace because of how many times he went back yes, in time? Yes, that was in uh, Trials and Tribulations. <laughs> uh, there you go. Andy, you saw that episode? Wait, is that DS9? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did I watch that? I couldn't have watched it. Probably because it was the DS9 crew visiting the Enterprise. Oh. And interacting with uh, Kirk. Oh, maybe. I, well, that, that would have been a... I don't remember it fully. It's great. It still holds up, actually. Huh. One point. Two. It's been altered by one point two one degrees, sir. Hail the colony. Yes, Captain. Success, Mr. Connor. With the upgrades to your biosphere, the core fragment should no longer be a danger. I cannot adequately express my appreciation to your crew. These people are still fucking you? chilling in the background. That's a bad. Yes, yes. Go ahead, Aaron. This is an historic no. achievement. Done a wonderful thing for our people. Just escape Thank the you. planetary we look destruction. Look forward to honoring you appropriately when you out in the courtyard chatting. But like, does he tell everyone what's happening? Does he not want to upset? Oh, you them? think they don't even know? That's possible. I mean, are some they of seem to be pretty informed at the end. Are some of them occupied plumbers. Jimmy Khan. <laughs> tell Deanna Troy for me that I'm sorry I didn't get the opportunity to say goodbye personally. And then can you wiggle your eyebrows like I'm sure this? She'll feel the same way. <laughs> Breach in the biosphere. Get Hannah Bates. Apparently, the refortification wasn't adequate. There's definite structural damage. It appears that the tectonic shifts created a breach. Can it be repaired? I don't know. I'll have to run a diagnostic in the lab. Unless we seal it in fast, we may have to evacuate. How long do we have? Uh, based on the level of toxicity I'm reading, it may only be a matter of hours. You mind if I give her a hand, Commander? By all means. <laughs> Why are you doing this? My visor sees all the things you're lying about. <laughs> True. Yeah. Amazing. It looks bad. It's cracked well beneath the surface. Why are you doing this? What do you mean? There's no breach. What are you talking about? Look at it. It's right here. I measured the toxic leak. You saw me. Anna. 
My visor's positronic scan would have detected the leak. Its molecular pattern enhancer would have picked up even the smallest crack. That's why when, when Zephram Cochran goes, I gotta take a leak, and he goes, leak? I'm not detecting any leak. Don't you people pee in the 24th century? Oh, leak! <laughs> I get it. That's funny. That's the whole scene. <laughs> yeah. I, I Now as you reenact it for me, I remember being like, oh, boy. But now that you've seen him talk about <laughs> now, detecting Now leaks, that I see that how now, obsessed he is with leaks. Now that it's canonical, <laughs> all he's doing is looking for leaks. It really adds up. <laughs> comedically. Oak. Until you came, all we could see was to the wall of our biosphere. Suddenly, our eyes have been opened to the infinite possibilities. Asylum. Nothing personal. She wants to leave the colony. She may not be the only one. The science teams that went down to the surface fielded a lot of questions from the colonists who were more than curious about what's outside their world. They had sex. Why shouldn't we grant them asylum? We can't do that. Why do that? Do you (laughs) understand? Is that warm? Yes. I would would love it if every time someone said no to him, he went, why? (laughs) (laughs) But I do think it's out of, I think think it's a little out of character for him to go, we we should do it. We should take them. Questions from the colonists who were more than curious about what's outside their world. But why shouldn't we grant them asylum? We can't do that. We have to do that. Do you understand what it would do to the colony? I understand that these are human beings, Counselor, with free will. If she wants to leave, she has every right to. And what happens to the colony if she does? And others join her? The society is genetically integrated. Suddenly there would be gaps, missing pieces. It would destroy them. There must be something we can do to help. We may have done too much to help them already, Doctor. But we saved them from destruction. Did we? Let us go. <laughs> Counselor, I think it's time you took me to meet Mr. That That is not... That's such a terrible line. We saved them from destruction. Yes, because all it does is to set up the profound, did we? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like... Yeah, we did. <laughs> yes, yes, they're alive. Oh, here it is, Andy. Yeah. Your favorite scene. Transporter room. Three. Side note, though, even before we get to this scene, I think him saying that is like because in the previous scene, he's basically trying to radio through her. Well, radio in, in in writing terms is like when you sort of have someone say something that happened off screen, um, and uh, he's basically trying to say to her, "Hey, listen, I'm not talking to this guy, so can you just be the awesome diplomat that I am and convince him to do this by saying this?" And now he's just like, you know what? Screw it. I just got to go down and talk to this guy myself (laughs) before he even hears that she's been boning him. Computer halt. Captain, I have to tell you something. Um, Can you read that I'm disinterested in what you're saying right now? (laughs) You are beta said, right? I'm thinking about the red laser. (laughs) Because... He promised me red. I've used very poor judgment. He had a tiny model on his desk. <laughs> and when he turned it on, it was red, red, red. Actually, I've acted quite unprofessionally. Counselor, what is it you say? Take a deep breath. Connor and I have had a relationship. 
we've been here for three days. What are you talking about? <laughs> but are you using uh, relationship as a euphemism? Chief O'Brien, could you beam the crazy out of the turbo? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Has that ever been done? That is great. <laughs> but it should be. That should be how they insult each other, always hitting up the transporter, Chief. <laughs> Uh, Chief O'Brien, can you beam some sense into this room, please? Chief O'Brien, could you lock onto the asshole and get him out of here? Oh, Burger Day. It should never have happened. Great performance by uh, Marina Sirtis, too. Outside influences and... I should get something to do, finally. I should have been more careful. What is your status with him now? I did not intend to see him again. So... Would you prefer not to return to the surface? No, I think I should come with you, but... I wanted you to know before we went down. I appreciate that. Computer, resume. So great. It's such a great scene. Because he's not really... Totally, he's not really so empathetic. Like she's fucked up. And nor this is full on. And nor is he remotely happy about it. No, he understands the ramifications. But yes. you know what? He but also he's also like you're an officer. You weren't sent down there to fuck him. Right. <laughs> you were sent there to make sure that these people have their lives saved. But I think there is an element of empathy. So I think he now thinks that she clouded his judgment, and the whole thing's in jeopardy. Sure. Also, I think that he's aware of how much she regrets it sincerely. Um, well, and almost like he's some sort of empath. <laughs> so, ooh, is that the secret story? <laughs> oh, that's the that's a good new theory. <laughs> Picard is the one with empathic powers. Whole <laughs> time. One second. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. I'm sure it's not. Uh, Andy's theories are very interesting because Matt's really smart. <laughs> to be there. I heard that in a while. The more I was. Diana. I'm tired of your bullshit. We all went into this with the best of intentions. I should have walked away as soon as I saw what was happening. But you didn't. That's human. We make mistakes. Genetic manipulation or not, nobody's perfect. And there is no Starfleet regulation about not going to the bone zone. There isn't, is there? It's crazy that there isn't. Seems not to be. So insane. I don't think it's crazy. (laughs) I think in the future everyone is uh, very happy about their sexualities. Yeah. Probably. Or they have, like, uh, they've cured everything. What do you mean, STDs? Yeah, there are none anymore. They've all been eradicated. What does that have to do with anything? It doesn't mean emotionally that it's not a bad situation to, to mess around with. Oh, other cultures you beam down to? Yeah, especially yeah, if cares. you're usually more advanced. Yeah, than but them. if you're not going to, you know, get anything. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is happening? You know, like uh, Klingon chlamydia. <laughs> like, if it's not happening. <laughs> it's not the main issue. <laughs> all I'm saying is. What if this plumber... <laughs> Jimmy, how'd you get back in here? <laughs> Worst episode ever. Hey, man. 
<laughs> we can solve everything but uh, but pregnancy. Am I right? Hey, it's, no, it's not Jimmy. It's not a central issue. Uh, I gotta go. Uh, working on this <laughs> he, thing over here. He hopped out the window. Um, I gotta go. I gotta go do this movie where I play uh, somebody's dad, and Matthew Perry's in it. God, what movie was that? It's a terrible movie. Elf. <laughs> no, Jimmy Conn. <laughs> He's like a mobster. I don't know this one. Oh, you're thinking of um, not Honeymoon in Vegas. No. He was great that. Well, if anyone knows, please write it. You get would ignore the welfare of the colony a, for your own um, selfish interest. Uh, Matt Painting landscape that I love so well. Oh, yes. There is one. There, I saw one for sale on Etsy once. A Matt Painting, but it was like, you'd never... You literally have to own a studio to have a space to it put was it huge. on the wall. It's like yeah. 20 feet wide. Yeah, yeah. The welfare of this colony would be best served by rejoining the human race. She has been contaminated by the people on that ship. Aaron? Mr. Connor, I believe that you and I should talk. This is your doing. We never should have answered your hails. If we'd followed that advice, Martin, we'd all be dead by now. So much for the welfare of this colony. You are not taking her with you. I'm leaving. And I'll tell you something else. There are at least a dozen others who are ready to go with me. Hannah, let's allow Aaron and Captain Picard to discuss this. Why don't we go for a walk? There's nothing else for them to talk about. Ron Canada. What? I said Ron Canada. What's he, that? He plays Martin. Oh. Great name. I'm afraid I can't forgive myself so easily. You see, Captain. I know what Hannah Bates is feeling. I've been feeling it as well. I found your people intriguing. Stimulating as she has. I've been every bit as curious about you as the next man. But I am. The movie I was thinking of, Andy, was Mickey Blue Eyes. Oh, yeah. Did you think Matthew Perry was Hugh Grant? I did, because I got that confused with Fool's Rush In, which was like the same stamped movie that happened between 1996 to 2001. Yeah. Which was. Let's put in the whitest guy we can, yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have him fall in love, fish out of water, right? So they did stamp it. Stamp. They were different. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the only premise of the movie. Right. There's nothing else to it. I never saw it. Uh, you never saw Mickey Blue Eyes. Is there anything good in it? Uh, I just remember having. DVD of it because it was one of these like it was early in DVD-dom where you would be like buy this DVD player and you'd get 12 DVDs so I was going to say it seems like it's a giveaway movie and that it Ooh, was like Triple Horn it was hang on it was it was it was Mickey Blue Eyes the the Ed Norton Ben Stiller Jenna Elfman comedy where Ben Stiller's a rabbi Edward's Keeping the faith. There it is. Yeah. 
uh, Fools Rush In, I believe, uh, also came with it. Yeah. And um, hmm, I feel like it was another... another Ghoulies 3. Something very weird after that. I mean, not that those weren't weird, but anyway. Not the next man. I am the leader of these people, and every genetic fiber in my being demands that I protect them. Instead, I have betrayed them. I have allowed this to happen. I think you're confused by how genetics work. <laughs> like, really, it's like... So what is he allowed to happen? You had to let these people in to save the planet. I don't understand. I should have let them all die. <laughs> That's what a good leader would do. It's, you know what? I think it's a, it's a flaw in the story. Because it's so so clearly... Well, when I was pitching it, that you didn't have no plumbers in here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jimmy. I thought we didn't realize. I you were was still very here. clear there should be some plumbers. You're right. That would have solved some of the things, but, but not hey, all the things. But hey, I like how you had that guy clean her pipes. <laughs> plumbers. Oh Jesus! <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible long con to get to that joke. What if that was? Is all that I what was, you were? That's all I was planning for the get go. No, I'm not good enough to do that. <laughs> If even a handful leave, the damage to this society will be devastating. What about the rights of those who would stay? Boy, he's really overdoing it here. Yeah. It's devastating. Yeah, every fiber of my being, genetically. Every, he's yelling everything. That's what they believe. And asking a question at the end of each sentence. So true. I wish I could see a way. Picard, I was born to govern this colony, not to dismantle it. If you force them to stay, you will be suppressing their human rights. If even a handful leave, the damage to this society will be devastating. What about the rights of those who would stay behind? Schwarzenegger. They are the ones who will inherit the social chaos that will follow for generations. That was a terrible Schwarzenegger. I apologize to everyone. One of the worst. Zows, zows, zows. That's what you got to do. You gotta, <laughs> that sound, you gotta that do one that. also sounded closer to Barney than anything else. Zows, devastating. Maybe the first time I ever really tried to do Everyone get to the chopper. Oh, wow. You really got it. Oh, Your departure I've songs. always had it. That is simplistic. That, that is a perfect, outdated I've, impression. I've been, over, I've been overdubbing all Schwarzenegger movies for 12 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I took over for the last guy. Oh, well, it's got to be a nice little chunk of change. Oh, I get $4 each time. <laughs> Refuse them passage. Refuse them. I cannot ignore the requests of people. <laughs> Humans. I love the others. For transport away from here. Nor can you ignore the fact that thousands will suffer thousands. if you agree to take them. And as suffering grows, more will demand to leave. I wonder if he's Austrian. We are witnessing the end of this existence. No, I think he's just trying a voice. Yeah. He's trying the old... He's trying to uh, be alien in a way that no other person in the, on the planet is. He's trying the uh, mid-Atlantic accent. The, the right. you know, Hepburn, yeah. Tracy, fancy. weird accent. That I was no bred ever... to be a leader, and therefore I, I speak like this. I am a leader. <laughs> I implore you, Captain. I implore you, Captain. Do not let this happen. You would have me make the decision for you, but I can't do that. I kind of feel like Patrick Stewart in this episode. I am willing to talk to these people. He's facing we- a bunch of people acting like that, and has just chosen to like. I'm gonna fucking ground the shit out of every line that I. I think he just like, was gonna tired be so fucking. Week. No, I don't think so. I, I think he's real, real in, in every scene. I'm going to not bring it. <laughs> you and I will urge them not to make an impulsive choice. But if finally, so good, they choose to leave, 
The Enterprise will not turn them away. Unless it's the future of their run. So, Picard then makes his speech. I am asking you to stay. Aaron. Don't you see we can't be happy here any longer? I speak for the planet. We were innocent. It will never be that way again. Up there, we can be casual, not just the business casual. We'll become part of our heritage. We will adjust. In a few generations, we will We're be not able to... willing to stay here a few generations. All right. Give me six months. This, I thought, actually was pretty reasonable. Just wait six months before you leave. What will that accomplish? It's true that our presence here has had an unintended influence on your society. But it's done, and there is no way to undo it. But feelings are running very high. Perhaps it's not such a bad idea that you should take adequate time to weigh carefully the consequences of what you're about to do. We are prepared to return <laughs> in six months. Back there in other words, we are being asked to stay here for six months while they pressure us to change our minds. In five days, you've seen only the most superficial evidence of what life is like outside this biosphere. Would you ever choose to live aboard a ship in a bottle, Captain? Yes, it sounds lovely. You are in command of a starship. Sounds less you expensive than a regular episode. You live to explore the unknown. We ask for that same privilege. Anna. This is your home. We are all, in a sense, your family. Don't we deserve an opportunity to open a dialogue on this issue at the very least? I am only asking for six months. It won't make any difference. You'll only be putting the people of this colony through unnecessary this is pain not and anguish. Sure. Yeah. But they referred to anguish in this colony. You don't you see, Aaron? It's over. It's time for you to lead our people into a new era. You could come with us. When you're ready to come home, you will be welcome. You'll be back. This will be the chopper. You'll get back here. What will you do now? Attempt to assess the damage. Think about how much more. Spend the rest of my life on the near impossible task. Food, building this society without the proper pieces. Aaron, you acted in the best interests of your people. There was no way to avoid what happened. I replay each step in my mind, looking for the wrong turn, staking judgment. I can find only one. As hard as I try, I cannot regret even that one. In fact, I'm quite certain that, given the opportunity, I would choose to make the same mistake again. I can only wonder why, with all the hundreds of genetically compatible women, I would fall in love with you. Don't say that. Perhaps it's your imperfections which make you so unique. Ooh, burn. I am in love with you, Deanna Troy. Oh, the things that are wrong with you. I will always be. But I bet you knew that because you're a beta zone. Oh, you didn't know that. <laughs> you're a human! <laughs> Card looking at Superman Crystal. My new favorite prop. Come. Come. 
colonists are all on board, sir. How many finally? Twenty-three. If ever we needed reminding of the importance plumbers. of the Prime Directive, it is now. Nice. The Prime Directive doesn't apply. They're human. Doesn't it? Our very presence may have damaged, even destroyed their way of life. And whether or not we agree with that way of life, whether they're human or not, is irrelevant, number one. We are responsible. We had to respond to the threat of the core fragment, didn't we? Of course we did. But in the end, we may have proved just as dangerous to that colony as any core fragment could ever have been. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? <laughs> Captain? Are they, are they going to die up here? Yeah. Oh. I don't think they are. It's a weird, it's a weird ending. I don't, I don't, perhaps if we had had the red beam. I wonder if there was more dialogue that they didn't have time and they had to cut. No. Let's find out. Oh, we don't have time to find that out, Andy. We just had to watch the episode as aired and edited and chosen by the producers of the time. Um, yeah, not a satisfying ending. Well, it's one of those like. Like one of those, like, bet you didn't think of this <laughs> endings. You know what I mean? Like, except that everybody's been saying it the whole the time. Rear, these are the real repercussions. Maybe Starfleet's the worst. No, that's, that's the last line. Riker acknowledges and exits. He doesn't exit, does he? And the cards no. look. I think that would have been better. I think it was more abrupt without him exiting. I think it would have been even even better if, if Riker had just gone and slowly stepped backward out of, out of his <laughs> Maybe you're right, Captain. Maybe we just won't talk to anyone ever again. And then left. Yeah. I don't buy it. Well, Andy, it's time for the MVC. It sure is, Matt. MVC. The MVC. know what's going on. Me either. Well, it's the NBC, yeah, the NBC. Only Matt and you know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. I am hearing like harmonizing I've never really heard before. Boom. Oh, MVC this episode, I'll give it to you right now. It's Mr. Georgie LaForgie. What about how Troy destroyed a whole culture? <laughs> well, I mean, he brought value. She brought value only to, to no one. Yeah. I think it's Jordy because he saved the colony and he was the crew member. But, like, Hannah also, like, came up with the idea, but only based on Jordy's visor. Well, also, she lied about a. That's true. And then she the tried planet. to pretend kill everyone. And then he also discovered that. So oh, it's got to be Jordy, Jordy through and through. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Oh, thank God. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I like a self-contained story. Uh-huh. <laughs> After so much Picard, I oh, feel wow. like. You're going to give us a higher rating in comparison to Picard, huh? No, this one gets for me a four. Oh, that's lower than I thought it was going to be. It's like fine, but Deanna heavy, and as a result, I find the storytelling a little wonky. 
Uh-huh. See, I think it's Deanna Heavy, but it's they actually give her something to play and she fucking knocks it out of the park. I think it's mm-hmm. as usual, it's it's not it doesn't really show her. I to do be like that her her powers useful. didn't come into play at all. <laughs> do you you like that? I do. Her powers never come into play. It was charactery rather than being powery. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like usually when it's a Deanna episode, it's right. another beta. It's in. more about just another actu- empath. Actual emotions of, of and not being possessed week. by a weird yeah, thing. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, that's fair. I like that. Um, and I thought her performance was great. I love the scene with Picard. Um, but in the end, there's just a lot of weird things. And I like the concept. Like, the concept is Con- interesting. The concept. Jimmy concept. The Jimmy concept. <laughs> um, Stupid. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so, uh, is it a five? Five seems high, so I'm going to give it a 4.5. What? <laughs> you just wanted to be a little higher than me. Yeah. You? You do that to me constantly. Son- no. No, no, no. You constantly like, say, oh, no, you're wrong. Uh, five yeah, five okay. higher or oh, low, yeah. 0.5 higher or lower than you. <laughs> um, hey, we're, we're, we're agreeing? Argue? Ar- agreeing. Agreeing? Yeah. No, that's not it. That is what better, it was. wasn't it? It was an agreement. Agreement. We were just in an argument. That's yeah. all. Uh, Andy, it's time to watch the trailer for Conundrum. Okay. Even though you've seen Conundrum, because we watched it. Matt didn't want to do this episode last time we were together, so we just watched two episodes together, which it may have been the first time we've watched two episodes since the beginning of this podcast. A uh, thousand percent. So, you're all welcome. <laughs> Stricken with total amnesia. I don't know who any of you are. I don't even remember who I am. The crew struggle to find their true identities. You and I could be married. And discover they're in the midst of an alien war. We've been ordered to cross into Lysian territory and destroy their central command. There could be thousands of lives at stake. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Spoiler alert. I really like this one. By the way, it's a great trailer. It is a great trailer. A lot of stuff blowing up. A lot of confusions. Ensign Rowe. A good mystery. Andy. Matt. I feel good about that, but you know what I feel even better about? I don't. I mean, I do, but I don't. Our patrons. Yep. We must now take the time Uh to single them out. Thank those who are supporting us. A big thank you to everybody who's supporting us at the $5 level. But... Uh our Patreon. The true thank you. More people have been joining, by the way, and I do think it is it is it is unintendedly influencing us to do more episodes. So FYI, uh, it's not it's not going to nothing. Oh, a thousand percent. This is this is why we're doing this is because, quite frankly, if we didn't do this episode, well, I'm just gonna waltz in through the ten forward doors here. Andy, we're in ten forward, not the Admirals Club. Oh. <sighs> Just kidding. Oh, what a dick. <laughs> Got him. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. I will say it is odd that today the, uh, the Hollow DJ decided to create an. What do you create? 
create an, uh, the, an exact replica of 10 Ford in the president's <laughs> circle. I'm just pleased as punch, Andy. Uh, I feel like we need to have something playing in the background here. Ooh, there he is once again. Why not? How many times do you think this song will play as we thank all of our patrons? Those of you who support us at the Fly me to President's the moon. Circle level. Uh, oh, that's too low. Let me put that right about there. Big thank you. And uh, we're going to single you out right now by reading the names that you've so graciously written. And Andy, I'm going to go ahead and zoom this in as much as I can so we can see it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go to full screen. And we're going to say a big thank you to the infamous pirate captain, Andrew Hook. Amber Schmidt. Anders Peterson. Lynn Perdue. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Lieutenant Derek Atkinson. Oh, Jet Jurgen. A werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Adam Rogers. Adiango Ayat Maybaby. Is it a thing or is that a real name? Adiango Hang on. A Dean, a, there it is. A dingo ate my baby. A dingo ate my baby. There it is. Smart. I got it. Adrian Bing Clark. Adrian Carter. Elena. Alan L. Alex D. Geslin. Alexis Borsier. Alyssa L. Amanda Bootwell. Amy Giles. Andrew Barber. Andrew Firstunda. Andrew Gibson. Andrew Ingram. Andrew McClure. Andrew Polkram. Andrew Witzel. Andy is cute as a button. <laughs> I sure am. Angel Reg- Rivera the third. That's a fuck ton of and- Andrews. Like, sure should we are. just all seek each other out? Possibly. <laughs> I uh, need a good podcast with an Andy. My name's Andrew. <laughs> Anthony Trepicione. Asher Mercer. Uh, Barry Wallace. That's a great name. Did we get Anthony right up? Just in case. Anthony right up. Uh, ben McClarty. Ben Roach. Ben- Beth Clark. Uh, Beth Harrington. Brandon Davis. Brandon Callinger. Brett Jarrett. Brett Euler. Brett Parsons. Uh, Brian Helmick. Thank you. Andy, I got to take this guy and make this a little smaller. What is happening? I'm just I'm fixing some column adjustments. I'll you just know? take this time to say we, we love you people. You guys. We love you. <laughs> ding. Ding. You. Uh, oh. Hang on, we started again. <laughs> oh, hang on. You played everyone. What's it, what's going on? Oh, sure. All right. Oh, it's my this. song. I hate this. Love it. like the Yankees won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brandon Davis, Brandon Callagher, Brett Jarrett, Brett Oiler, Brett Parsons. That's okay. Brian Hellman, Brian McDonald, Brian Stokes, Brian Rawinkle, CDCC Sadler. Caitly M, Carmen DeHoog, Carolyn Land, Catface, Chad Fate. Chad Wavell, Jimenez Dax, uh, Chip Beeping, Chris Allen, Chris Casimiro, Chris DQ, um, Chris Dybel, Chris Leopold, Chris Love, Chris Nedwitz, Chris Christopher Coffee, Christopher Colbert, Christopher Montoya, Chuck Day, Claire Powells, Colin McKeon, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, uh, Cosmo Moore, CPO Echo Charlie, Zach Pate, Dan, Dan Billing. Dan Kostelek. Kostelek. There you go. Dan McLeod. Daniel Perez. Daniel St. Louis. Daniel Stenrud. Darren Gleet. Darren Gleeton. Darren Deshong. Daryl the Animal Noy. David Marquez. Derek Hawkins. Derek Klein. Derek Westover. Diana Martin. Doug Mayan. Dim. 
Edward Andres Acevedo, Elizabeth Simpson, Lieutenant Elizabeth Story, Lieutenant Emily Eldred, Lieutenant Eric B. Uh, Erica Vanover, Eric Mon, Aaron N, Farhan Girgis. Thank you to Fred Coppersmith. Thank you to Frederick Rombouts. Thank you to Frederick Roy. Frederick Worldwide, uh, Galactic President Andrew Reeves, Lieutenant Galactic President Andrew Reeves. <laughs> Wait a second, is he the president of the whole galaxy, not just the Federation? That's amazing. Uh, Gareth K., Scary Martinez, Glenn Wakeley, Gre- Greg Lotta, Gwyneth Williams, Heather Nelson, Hooten Waddle, Hubert Arutia. I, Matt, declare Kevin Storer to be the undisputed president. Ian Buckley, J.D. Cohen, Jack Cavici, James Baker, James Carrier, Jan Leppard, Jason Sinclair, Jay, Jay from ScienceDiv.com, the Tribble People, Jay Clark, Judge 439, Jeff Jenkins, Jeff Millies, Jeff Mullins, Jeff Lieutenant the Human. Commander Jeff Mullins. Look at this. Jeff the Human and Maximus the Dog. Jeffrey Barker. Jeffrey Child. Jennifer Letter Leader. Jay- Jesse Elliott. Jesse Glassby. Jesse Hendricks. Jesse Tuschinski. Tuschinski. Jillian Randalls. JJ Carter. Joe Chambly. Joe Fermanick. Joe Moore. Joe Moran. AKA Muscle Ripley. Joe Sullivan. Joe Greenbow. John Lynn. John Turin. John G. Jonathan Sourshell. Jonathan Wentz. Jonathan Misner. Joe. Mo- oh, sorry. Josh Moore. Joyce Hudson. Julie Cousins. Julie Phillips. And Julie L. Just here for the buffet. J.D. Campbell, Karen Vanoff, Cassia, Catherine, Catherine Novacek, Catherine Shimmons, Kathleen Guzman, Katya Woolishan. K-Vart on Facebook and Instagram, Keith Bodela, Kellen Adamson, Kelly Cole, Kelly Newman, Kendra Song, Kevin of Nine. Kieran Sullivan. Kieran Sullivan. Kieran O'Sullivan. Kieran, sorry. Yeah, I was scrolling. Don't Kieran don't blame yourself, Andy. O'Sullivan. Kim Vilshek. Weird. How's the rising sun? <laughs> God, I hope uh, it's a swinging, maybe it's swinging Frank version. There is house. <laughs> is it? Uh, no. no. <laughs> Cody uh, Stanley. Kip Corbett. Uh, uh, Kristen Scalisi, Goddess of Carbs. Uh, Christopher Fanaghi, Kyle Thompson, Lady Charlie Whitmore, Lance Daniel Hepper, Lauren Gleese of the Donkey of Prey, Lawrence Yetner Jr., Linda Dilbeck, Linnea Thunsell, uh, Lisa Simpson, Lizzie D., Lorraine Denman, Lucas Bishop, Lucas Swain, Luke Morgan Rowe, Mandy Fitzgerald, Marcello, Vita Marcus Errol Erlinson, Marie Capasso, Mark Mitchell, Mark. Redenius, uh, Martin Hedegaard Peterson, Matthew Wypert, Matt Burke, Matt Mangus, Matt Schaefer, Matthew Dillon, Matthew L. Went, Matthew Tiberius Burns, Matt Tween, come on, doot, 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 Merrick Boosfield, Michael Howell. <laughs> is that what it is? I hope so. <laughs> Microwave Beef, Mike like Gaylord, that. Mike Jones, Lieutenant Commander, Mike Mann, Miriam Santeno. Mr. Bundy. Mr. Ensign Lieutenant Commander Captain Lynn. Wow, he's all of them. Lieutenant Ensign Lieutenant Commander (laughs) Captain Lynn. No, Lieutenant (laughs) Mr. Ensign Lieutenant. (laughs) Fair. Nathan Haney. Nick. Nicholas Giggy. Lieutenant Nick G. Lieutenant Patty. Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk. Paul Carley. Did you say Nicholas Jones? Because if you didn't, I just did. Very good. Paul Sharp. Paul Peter Sharon. Philip Gerst. Preston Foster, Professor, Professor X. X, Rachel 
Dylan Snyder, uh, Raymond. Raymond, Rebecca Shavita, uh, Ricardo Santiago, Richard Davis, Richard Phillips, Risa Kacha. Risa Kacha. Risa Kacha? Rob, Rob Baptiste, Rob Cumberland, Rob Sabine, Rob Trevino, Robert Denton, Robert Olson, Roberto, Robin Larson, Ron LeBlanc. Ross, there could be only one McLeod. Ray Pang. Uh, Rucker Howard, right? <laughs> Ryan Hecht, Ryan Solo, Sandra M. Thank you, Scott Bradley. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Simon Harper. By the way, by the way, Ray, if I were to try to pronounce your actual first name, it would be Requing. Could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, where'd you end up, buddy? Uh, Simon Harper. I knew Sreekinar. that. Steph, Stefan Herman, Stephen Price. Stephen White, Steve Thomas, Steve Cotter, Stephen Small, Stevie, Marie Nichols, Sully and Cash, Tekka Louie, uh, Tara Hunter, The Great and Terrible Lizak, The Kembles, The Waco Kid, The Dude Never Bowls, Tom Nettleton, thank you, Thomas T. Rikerson, Tim Collins, Tim Seibel, Seabell, I have God, he wrote it, and I did a pulled an Andy there, Tim Shields, whoa, <laughs> as often as I do it, Timothy Cullen, <laughs> Tina Rowdio. No, not with the parentheticals, because you often uh, just fair. luck into having those. Thank you again to Tish Wheeler, uh, Todd Meyer, Tom Kelsel, Tony King, Tracy Cecil, uh, Troy, Troy Ray, sorry, Troy Ray, Tucker Powers, Tyler Rosewood, Tyson Klein, Vanilla Thunder, Vincent Neary. Wesley crushing dead. Uh, <laughs> Wesley crushing dead ass. Sorry, it's written. Uh, <laughs> Will hold. Will hold claw. Will holes claw. Holes claw. William and last but not least, William Tevin. Thank you to the presidents and thank you to the House of the Rising Sun and thank you to Frank Sinatra for being here. No problem. <laughs> Thanks to James Conn for stopping in. <laughs> Thanks to uh, the writer's room for letting us hear what that pitch was like. Uh, uh, Thank you most of all to you, Andy. I couldn't do this podcast without you. You're a true uh, gentleman and a scholar. Thank you, Matt. I'm sure you're probably good, though. Uh, I guess we should probably just get out of here. All right. So long, folks. Disengage. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, Visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC via lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the president circle for $17.01 per month.